Welcome to the seventh episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Today you'll hear from AJ Brow about her experience starting her business with an anchor of faith. We hope that as you listen, you will receive inspiration from the Spirit for your professional, personal, and spiritual life. In every episode, we interview prosperous members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal of the show is to encourage and inspire young adult members of the church. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome to the show, AJ. Thank you so much for being on here. Um, Would you mind starting us off with a little bit of an introduction about yourself? Sure. I'm I'm from Alpine, Utah. I... Um, I am a wife and a mom. I have a two-year-old daughter, and I am also the founder and CEO of, of Wander, which is a mapping platform for destinations. Okay, awesome. There are so many things already that it's so funny doing interviews. I, I always hear like this first thing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 12 questions just came to my mind. But let's start with actually family. So um, how did you meet your your husband and and how is like being a mom and being a wife so important to you because that's what you led off with yeah um that's what I am first um yeah Brigham and I actually met off of a blind date set up by my cousin nice then at the end of that date I asked him for his number and asked him on the second date I'm pretty assertive I'm pretty assertive and and uh I I wasn't one that was like super into dating, you know, uh, a lot of boys kind of got on my nerves a lot of times, um, uh, n- not nothing against men and, you know, no, yeah. very pro man. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was hard for me to find people, you know, um, that I wanted to date consistently. And, um, on that first date, I was, I was really attracted to his, um, strong, but gentle spirit. Um, and, he, uh, he knew what he wanted and, and knew spiritually, right? He knew what his priorities were and um, yeah, it, it caught on and, and I, it was very quick that I knew I wanted to marry him. So it, he t- actually took maybe a little bit longer. He took more prayer. My prayer was, Heavenly Father, I really want to marry him and I don't think I'll be as happy with anyone else. So I'm going to move towards marrying him. Let me know if it's not right. But I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going for it. Right. I'm going all in. Um, and then after we were married shortly thereafter, um, I, I remember having the impression, you know, I was mid career. He was almost done with his undergrad. He had a PhD ahead of him. Um, I was working as a software engineer supporting us and, and I had the impression you need to, you're, it's time to be a mom. Like there's a little, there's a little, a little one that uh, is supposed to be part of your family. And so we, we had Lucy earlier than we thought we would, but oh man, it's, she is the, she is just everything um, to us, but, but that's a little bit about um, our family. Wow. Awesome. So you grew up in Alpine. Are you still living there? No, actually we live in North Carolina. Brigham got into the, um, the UNC Keenan Flagler business school for his PhD. And we just love it here. Um, but I fly out back. I fly back to Utah all the time. You'll see right. me there all the time. 
<laughs> okay, cool. Man, awesome. So, okay. So now rewinding then let's start with like your growing up and um, talk a little bit about your mission, your decision to serve a mission. Cause a lot of, I've, I've noticed like a lot of girls do serve missions more than like people, like I feel like it used to be, I feel like mm-hmm. it's a common thing now, but yeah. it's still like, um, I don't know. It's still an interesting thing. So let's talk about yeah. that, your decision, all of that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's interesting. Um, when, when you're expected to do something, I think it's, um, there's less of that. I think there's less of an initial reward with the choice to serve a mission if you're expected to. So I, I, I sympathize with, with boys that are just, you know, they're raised and Hey, it's expected of you. I feel like some of that's, we, I think we're experiencing a, a culture shift in a lot of ways, um, at least in the Utah church, right? That's so different <laughs> from everywhere else. Um, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, I grew up in Alpine um, and my, my entrepreneur roots started to sprout at a really young age. Um, I remember having ideas and everything that I wanted to do involved building businesses, right? And with the goal of, you know, sustaining some sort of hobby that I wanted to do, right? Because hobbies take money and I just hated asking my parents for money because I wanted control over that too. Um, Anyway, freedom is just what I want. I've been a free spirit and I just wanted freedom, monetary freedom, time freedom. Um, But my first project that went anywhere um, was the Lake Powell Map app. And that's where kind of the wander seeds were planted. Um, you could say that was like the V1 of Wander even. Um, but I was down at Lake Powell and I, I realized uh, we were using a paper map, right? Everybody uses a paper map down there um, or used a paper map down there. But the paper map didn't have GPS. It didn't tell me where we were. It didn't tell me. Um, I couldn't see photos. I couldn't search it, right? Um, so, so I decided to build an app for Lake Powell. And long story short, um, it was a, a big success. It was a paid app and 10, over 10,000 people downloaded it. And, um, which was good for, I, I thought it was a great success, right. As a, yeah. you know, teenager. Um, but anyway, um, that was, that was, you know, the, the app store, it was on the app store, um, while I was kind of deciding, um, whether or not to serve a mission. I, um, I remember my my best friend at my best friend's mission call opening because I was kind of dragging my feet with the whole idea um, of serving a mission and and the the thoughts I had of going were were fairly selfish like oh it'd be a it would be an adventure and it would be a way to you know kind of get out of get out of Utah and actually um, right after I graduated high school I I moved to Arkansas to do summer sales. Um, and knock doors there. And so, um, anyway, so after I did that, came home that fall, um, that's when I went to my, my best friend's mission call opening. And, um, when I was driving home, of course, it's a fun, it's a fun experience when you get to see where missionaries are going to be sent. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but I was driving home and I remember, um, I can't remember. I should have written this down, but I can't remember what song I was listening to a hymn. It was a really spiritual experience watching her open her call. Um, but I remember feeling 
the feeling, the impression in words that you were supposed to be on your mission yesterday. Like that's the amount of urgency that I felt just all of a sudden, right? It was, uh, which, you know, it's interesting. Of course, I believe that, you know, we're, we're spoken to in our own language and in our own understanding. And um, I, I need a lot of urgency to get up and, and do stuff. And, and I think God knows that. And so that's how he communicates with me often is with a lot of urgency. And so, um, so the next day I, I set up all the doctor's appointments. I opened my papers. I, and I had my papers done in about a week. And then I got my call, um, you know, shortly after that. And I was gone within like two months. that's awesome you know it's weird I um you you hear so many stories like this but um after I opened my papers there was this date in my mind that kept coming to mind you know that hey this is when you're gonna leave this is when you're gonna leave April 16th and um interestingly enough I opened my call and and, uh it was April 16th that I would enter the MTC and wow um anyway and I got called to Japan, uh, Tokyo, and my best friend got called to Japan, Tokyo South. So what? that's a fun connection we have. Yeah. Um, anyway, my, um, but yeah, that, that's how I decided to serve mission. Okay. So there's a million things like, I, man, I hate this. I have so many questions. Okay. So, <laughs> so, going, so many questions, so little time. I know going back in time though. So you said that you made the, it was a Lake Powell map app right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you did that pre-mission, like as a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you learn to do that? And like, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, I loved to build things. I, that is one of my, my overbearing characteristics that I was plagued with, um, from birth, I think is just the desire to build things and solve problems. Um, and so, I, of course, every time in school there was any anything creative, I would go all in and I'd come home and take things apart. I remember making, um, you know, remote control boats. I would build clubhouses, um, rope swings, um, forts. You know, I built a go-kart in seventh grade, found one in, you know, a neighbor gave me a, you know, an old Briggs and Stratton motor and um, bought a frame at a yard sale and put it together. And, um, I've always had just really great mentors that, you know, either give me opportunities. Um, anyway. Um, and then my dad, he's, he's been in software for a really long time. Um, has had a great career there. Um, but he, he saw my love to build physical things and said, Oh, I, I wonder, you know, he introduced me to digital creation. Um, and that's when my world really exploded because I realized, Oh, I don't have to go buy materials. I can, you know, if I cut the board the wrong length, so to speak, I don't have to go buy a new one, which remember I have to ask my parents for, and that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, and my mom loved that this didn't, um, this didn't make any mess, you know, which I was always (laughs) making these massive messes with my projects. Uh And, you know, it had to have been embarrassing to have your, your daughter, like going door to door selling, selling rocks and and tomato old tomatoes from the garden like that had to have been embarrassing so when i um and my mom's never been embarrassed of me that's just a joke of but, course yeah um <laughs> but uh but yeah so i i realized wow i can i can build as fast as i as fast as my brain wants to move and i there's just not a lot of friction with digital creation you know and um, the the friction is 
pounding your head against the wall until you figure out how to solve a problem. But, but you know, I, I had the luxury of growing up in the age of YouTube and online tutorials and things. And so, um, so I, I had everything, I had everything in front of me that I needed with digital creation. So, um, that, that led to me after my mission, um, becoming, becoming a, an engineer full-time and, and, uh, I always wanted to work at the MTC. Um, but, but I, I wasn't, um, I, I was kind of a struggling missionary. Like I said, that, 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 uh, personality trait of wanting to create, um, didn't, I mean, I, I worked really hard as a missionary, but have not having that part of my life was really difficult, right. Being in that structure and, um, the, the Japanese culture took some getting used to, I absolutely adore those people, but, um, but just the, you know, a few, few aspects of the culture were kind of difficult for me. Um, and which everyone experiences that going to a new culture. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was hard. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Um, missions are <laughs> supposed to be hard. Right. Yep. Um, but so, but because of that, I don't think, you know, my, my mission president would have necessarily recommended me to work at the MTC. Um, and so that was kind of a dream that, that, uh, I thought died, but, um, a year after starting my career as a software engineer, I was actually, um, I was hired on to the MTC language learning platform team. Um, if you've heard of the Embark app, that, mm-hmm. uh, it's the language learning app for missionaries. Um, and they were, they were starting this full re-architecture of the, of the app and, and, uh, I was able to play a, a part in that and, um, just really, really fulfilling project. And so, um, but that's actually the project that, um, that I finished with, um, before I started Wander. So maybe a good segue. But. Yeah, of course. So, oh, cool. So tell, tell me about like what Wander is, how it started, I, I guess with the, with the other stuff before it, but really how that itself started and where it's at today and where it's going. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so remember, you know, I had that experience with the Lake Powell app and, um, it was just for one destination. Right. And, um, one thing I learned was how much time and effort it takes to maintain a custom app. Right. And how hard it is to get people to download an app for, for one destination. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you and I can probably think of just six apps in Utah for different places, just in Utah, mm-hmm. um, you know, ski resorts and things and, um, different, different places. So, um, anyway, I, and so the Lake Powell app actually on my mission, we stopped maintaining it and, and it fell off the app store and that, that, um, it just nagged at me my whole my whole career as a software engineer thinking, okay, I need to, I need to rebuild it and put it back on the app store. People are still asking me for it. You know, it's the national park service was using it. It was like the primary best, you know, undisputed best map of Lake Powell. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, and it was all of a sudden gone. Um, but the model didn't sustain itself. Right. Um, because the numbers didn't make sense and et cetera. So, and that always nagged at me and I, but I always felt it's like, okay, this, you know, I'm, I love that I can tell this story in a spiritual lens because it's so integrated into everything that's happened. But um, I always had this feeling like the Lake Powell app isn't done. Like that is, that was not the, that was not the end of what you're, what you're going to do with this. Right. Um, but, but anyway, so 
um, shortly after Lucy was born, um, I, I went to lunch with my dad and Lucy and I actually went and it to lunch with my dad. And I said, dad, I, I think I'm going to build the Lake Powell app again. Um, and, and because I think people need it. And he looked at me and he said, AJ, why don't you think bigger than Lake Powell app? Like this problem is a lot bigger than Lake Powell. And I said, dad, I know, but I, I'm a mom. There's no way I can convince people to work with me and raise money. Cause I'd have to raise money. If I'm going to mm-hmm. do a big platform like this, like it's going to have to be on Android where we have to do native apps. You know, I went through all the technical um, aspects of it with him. And in addition to all the non-technical aspects. And um, I said, dad, I, I don't know if I, do I have, do I have what it takes to do that? And, and he said, you should go for it. You know, this is my dad is always encouraging both my parents always can, can, uh, can convincing me to do crazy things, but, um, but I went for it. I, I started building a prototype after Lucy would go down at night. I was still working. Um, I was still working on this, this MTC project, but, um, I would just do like an hour here, an hour there. Um, and it really recharged me like building, building things really, really fill my bucket. Um, and so it, uh, yeah, it was awesome. But after about a year of that, um, I, I was done at the MTC with that project and, um, I decided to build a team and, and raise money and, um, found some investors that believed in us before we had even a product. And, um, we started building February 1st of last year and, um, we had our MVP built in four months and our first paying customers four months later. And we've just been, we've been growing like like you wouldn't believe since then. We've had a lot of, a, a lot of ups and downs, um, you know, a lot of things to work through, but um, it's, been a, it's been a really awesome ride so far, learning how to be mom and, and uh, lead a team and, and, you know, figure out relationships and how this strains relationships and how to work through that. It, it's, I, I thought, you know, I grew a lot on my mission and, you know, the different parts of your life you grow in different situations, but I, I can say I've, I've grown the most in the last year and a half than I ever have, um, speed wise. Would you say like spiritually or just like, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have been so, absolutely brought to my knees in this wow. project. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I like, I had like two kind of questions come to my mind and we'll see if I can morph them into one, but it's like on one side, I'm thinking, man, this is for most like entrepreneurs, the first thing they make kind of tanks a lot of the time, right? (laughs) Like it doesn't always go well, but it seems like you were like, all right, well, let's go all in. Let's make this, make this app, make this company. And it's kind of worked out and exploded from there. Right. And well, yes. Um, I should mention I've started when I say started companies, I mean, like I started a sock company when I was, this was probably when I was 10 years old. Um, I tried to, you know, sunglasses company. Um, I started, I tried to do a freelancing, you know, graphic design, UX design. When I was like in middle school, I tried to use Upwork and um, anyway, try to do some of those things, but I've started quite a few, but, but, but to be to be fair, like the first time I've, I had ever really raised money, I borrowed some money from my dad for the Lake Powell app, but um, he, he, they were so crazy to 
give me that money. My my parents are do fine, but they don't have ten thousand just to throw at their kids for that they can just lose, you know. Mm-hmm. Or at least they didn't then. Um, but but anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that, but no. Okay, so that that does take me in that direction though, right? So it wasn't necessarily your first time, but it 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 is the biggest scale for sure like by far compared yeah, to the other stuff that you ever tried doing mm-hmm. and so how you said it's been it has been a challenge though so in what ways has it been challenging and forced you to grow um well I think um the amount of stress that entrepreneurs are under is just unfathomable um especially as your team grows as you take your you're taking other people's money as investment. You're taking your own money, you know, and these are like the prime, the golden earning years of my life, right? Where we're supposed to be like, this is the best time to save for retirement and, and all those things. And I'm, we've given up like 200 grand in missed earnings doing this, right? So that's, that's a lot of stress, but also even more than that is, um, is being responsible for the livelihood of, you know, 14 families. Like that is, as a 24 year old mom, like that's, that's what I'm under. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the amount of stress, I mean, I, I can imagine some people may not really think about that. Um, but that is, that is at the forefront of my mind just constantly. Um, and so anyway, and that's a big reason why I'm not, I'm not taking a salary right now. Um, I, not until my team is, is, uh, is fully, you know, up to market value and, and things. I, I don't want to do that. So anyway, um, and yeah, the, it's, it's interesting. I, growing up, I never imagined myself. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I always imagined myself being one of those people that just like builds an app and is just a solo founder and doesn't, doesn't build a team. I guess mm-hmm. you call them solopreneurs now. Mm-hmm. I always imagined, I always imagined me as that, um, because, you know, the idea of having to communicate with a team and, you know, find recruit, that is, it is a hard thing to do. Um, but, but the, the heavens have opened with, with me recruiting a team and turns out I actually, I'm not too bad at, at that aspect. I thought I was going to be, I thought that was going to be, um, as far as organizationally, um, definitely going through some growing pains right now, but, um, but we've been able to recruit and, and retain, elite elite people and elite elite talent um um but but yeah and my goodness it's like you come down to the wire with something and I I fall to my knees and say like I I just had a prayer a couple weeks ago um when some things weren't working out um we had an investor say no and um that we were really we were like late stage with them had an investor say no and like okay um what are we going to do our, how's this going to work out? Um, I just, I just fell to my knees and, and said, Heavenly Father, this success, my success will go wherever you want it. It will be directed wherever you want it. I'm yours. I am yours. I'm fully yours. Um, if this is supposed to happen, if this, this is a vehicle that you want in your kingdom um, to do good and to just kind of sharing my vision for what I think we can do for the world, right? Um, and not just for our team, but for people all around the world, um, saying it's yours. Um, and, and I will, I will credit everything to you. 
because I've credited up. I can't do anything but credit everything up until this point to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the heavens have opened since then. Um, we, yeah. Um, some of the darkest days were, were right after that we had multiple things fall through with contracts and, um, engineers and, and team members going through horrifically challenging things that halt certain aspects of our business, just everything. It was like the floor fell out for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, just the most stress I've ever been under. And, uh, anyway, but, but that's just part of, that's part of the game, right. Of entrepreneurship. But I will say, I, I don't know how people do this without, without having, having, um, having a, an anchor of faith. Um, mm. so anyway, that's, that's just a little aspect of how that, that has, that has happened. Yeah, of course. So, man, I can't even imagine, cause you've got that, that responsibility of, of the company itself, right? You've got investors money that you're like, okay, we got to make this work. You've got mm-hmm. employees that you're like, okay, like, I don't want you to starve. Right. And then you've, you've got your own family too, right? You're mm-hmm. like, you said, you're first and foremost, a, a mom and a wife. And so you've got more responsibility than most of the people that I know. So how do you deal with that stress? How, how do you feel like Christ is, is your anchor in that? How do you feel like he's important? Um, you know, um, just to touch on that first and foremost, um, yeah, the, that's, that's another element of stress that is just, has been just unbearable at times. Um, because, you know, coming to the realization that, that, you know, I, I am not, I am just not, it, it doesn't feel right. Well, that's not even the right word. Um, it's because I, you know, I grew up with a stay-at-home mom, right? And Brigham grew up with a stay-at-home mom. Um, my mom was always involved in a lot outside the home, and they owned an ice cream store at one point, and we were all worked there. And um, we, I wouldn't say I had the fully traditional. I don't know what is what is even traditional, right? right. Um, but I, I loved my childhood, but and so did Brigham. Um, and, but it looked a certain way, right? And coming to the realization that you know every every choice I'm going to make in regards to what I do, you know, in in the home and out of the home, um, is going to have an effect on my family. Like everything everything comes at a cost, right? Um, I'm not going to have nine, 10 hours with my daughter every day. If I do this, like that's a realization I had to come, come to grips with if I'm going to make this decision. Um, but I, in, in pondering that, um, I had this thought come to me one day, um, that's been really, really helpful. Um, and it was while I was thinking, you know, Brigham has his PhD and, and is, is so involved in, in doing so much good, even in, you know, if you know Brigham, you know, you know what I mean? Um, every, every association he has is, um, he's just a walking ball of light and missionary work. He's just amazing that way. And so it was so easy for me to see how beneficial it would be to have him out in, out in, you know, in the workplace 
um, interacting with people, right? Um, it's just, he's amazing that way and is such a blessing to so many people. Um, but I, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he's the one that's supposed to do that. That's Brigham's mission, you know? Um, and I was thinking about Lucy and, and I had the thought, no, our family has a mission. Like we've, we all think about, um, we all think about, you know, what, what were we sent here to do? What were we sent here to do? And I think that we all were sent with individual missions, but I also think, I think that families are given missions and I am part of Brigham, you know, the thing, the effects and, and blessings that Brigham brings to people, like his family's a part of that. Right. And Lucy's a part of that. Um, and I feel the same way about, about Lucy and Brigham and what I'm doing. Right. Um, uh, Lucy, I feel like Lucy is part of her because she's making she's making a sacrifice. I I think we've been we've been blessed to really find great a great situation um, with with her little situation in life and school and everything. But um, but still, she's she's playing a part in our family's mission, and, and part of that is making certain sacrifices um, with time with her mom and and. Um, and I, I feel like it's a choice we've made as a family that we're going to be involved in these things. Um, but what was your original question? So my original question, no, but you're, you're going in the right direction, right? And that's yeah. important to build off of because my thing is, how have you seen Christ's hand in mm. all of this? Right. Cause yeah. that's sometimes hard to see. Like sometimes we say like, okay, like it wouldn't be possible without him, but we're like, oh, but like, right. Yeah. So this may be a good place to say that I, I believe in a living, breathing, thinking, speaking savior, right? Um, not just this mystical being, right? Like if he could sit in a room with me and, and I would recognize him and it would be a very familiar conversation and feeling that uh, if he was sitting in a room with me, um, and at times he has felt so close that I almost feel like he's in the room with me, right? Um, and to to give some specifics um, in without you know sharing some of the more sacred experiences, um, I, there have been times when I'm working and I'm stressed out of my mind, and Lucy wakes up from her nap a little bit early, and I think, okay, should I put her you know in front of the in front of the the TV while I finish this, working with this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, should I just, um, and, and I just have the thought, I'll help you finish it. Just go be with your girl, right? Go be with your girl. I'll help you finish it. Um, and man, can I, can I say that, uh, that that has been the case? Um, so I, I feel that my time has been maximized, um, when I prioritize my family. And it's interesting when you say prioritize your family, there are really hard decisions that have to be made. There are times like last night I had a meeting um, later in the day and, and, you know, it was one of those that I, you know, was, was right as she was going to bed and she just was screaming, pounding on that door right there. And it just broke my heart. And um, there are times like that. Right. Um, but, but I, I, I don't, you know, President Nelson has said it's going to be impossible to, you know, survive spiritually without the ability to receive personal revelation. I need it every day when I'm making those decisions of where to spend my time. Um, even in even in hiring and, and business decisions, right? I, I don't think that, you know, God isn't going to run my business for me, but he can remove distraction 
clear my mind and, um, and guide my thoughts where needed. And he has, I mean, really crucial decisions. Um, so, um, anyway, yeah, I, it's, it's a very real thing for me. It's my, my spiritual life is not, um, is not separate from anything else I do. Um, yeah, I, I rely on, on, uh, on my faith for everything. I love that Um, because we do have to make sacrifices, right? And life is not, it's not perfect. There's nothing and nothing that we can do to make life perfect as much as we want it to be. Right. And so that, that experience that you shared where, you know, you can just be reassured that that's a, that's a really good applicable example of how Christ makes a difference. Right. And you can feel it and you can mm-hmm. really notice like, okay, I can do this, but only because of him. Right. Yeah. Well, and we're building a relationship, right. Just like any business relationship, it's just on a completely different level. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're building a partnership and a relationship and, and, you know, Christ doesn't care about money. Like I really don't think, but, yeah. um, but we are here in a, in a certain framework that that god has created um you know we're here in a world that was designed to to help us all grow and 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 there are certain there are certain things um at play here um that that he works with right and and um giving people certain experiences to prepare them and certain opportunities and abilities to prepare them to um, perform his work. Um, and, and I think that's, that's especially, I mean, the listeners of this podcast are probably in the same mindset of, okay, well, what is my role in the kingdom? Right. And, um, building that relationship is essential to that and learning how Christ communicates with you and what his expectations of you are, um, is, is really important. I think. Yeah. Okay, man, this is, I just feel like a different spirit, right? It's like, it's not this like overwhelming thing, but just very peaceful. You have a very peaceful spirit that you bring. And so thank you for that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So last thing, is there, what would you share with like, other young adults, like uh, let's get into that, right? Your, your belief system, your, what, what you think really makes a difference and, and has brought you this far. Um, I think, I think something, um, there have been times in my life where in, in my life where I feel so, so, um, overcome with sin and, um, unable to bridle passions and, and just not slow down and, and just easily say, well, I I'm, I'm in such a survival mode that I just can't think about spiritual things. Like I've been there so many times. Right. And it wasn't even my mission that, I mean, my mission was a great, you know, time of growth for me, but I, I fell back into that after my mission. There were times when I was just in despair, um, not thinking, I was ever going to get married, which marriage is great, but 
there's a lot to do in the kingdom before you get married. And if you don't get married, there's a lot to do. There's so much fulfilling. Marriage is not the all and end all. Um, but that's something I, I wanted. And, and um, that was a, that was a, a great um, source of, of despair for me. Um, but, but something that I've, I've seen, seen happen is um, I just, I just resolved to never stop repenting. Um, and never stop um, trying. Progress is not linear. Um, and, you know, it, you don't have to look very far back in history, by, by biblical history, um, early Christian history, you know, around, you know, pre-Nicaea Christian history, um, early, even our early church history to see um, that very imperfect people have done really amazing things in in the name of Christ. Right. Um, and so I think, I think just staying engaged and not quitting, um, just constantly repenting. And I, I will say this, I, I need the sacrament every week. Like I, I have felt, I have felt cleansing and purification far greater than anything I deserve, um, during, during that Sunday, um, ordinance. Um, and that is something, something I can, when people ask me, so, you know, what is it about your church, right? Because I engage with a lot of people about the church. I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like, you know, and, and, you know, my reasons for belief kind of my number one reason changes every once in a while, but right now it's, it's the sacrament. Um, I, I can't find that anywhere else. Um, this, this concept of true cleansing every week um repentance is one thing but cleansing right that can that happens every week is um is really amazing and it's somewhere you can't it's something you can't find anywhere else so then i want to ask you that brings up what do you do to make the sacrament more meaningful because i'm sure there's a lot of people who are just kind of eating a piece of bread and drinking a little cup of water and it doesn't mean that much so what do you do that makes it meaningful and helps you to keep that covenant to always remember christ um well like everything else in my life it's up and down like some weeks it's great um and i i i do have a hard time staying present often and so i'm trying to be in the moment just in general is often difficult for me but um i I'm still, I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm being really thoughtful about, um, and prayerful saying, I, I want to be, I want to be fully, fully equipped for the week ahead spiritually. Like I want to be a vessel for, I want to be worthy of, of your, of having your spirit with me this Mm -hmm. week. I need it. Right. I need these. Sometimes I'll say, these are the things I have this week. I really I really need, need help with. Um, and so will you please take this up? You know, can I take this opportunity to, um, to experience that? Um, but, but yeah, that's my, that's that. That's Oh, I like that. It's, uh, that's like, for me, one of the hardest things with the sacrament is I recognize the symbols and I've, you know, studied and I'm like studying every day. I'm like trying to prepare and, then I, I go 
and I'll be like, they're bringing the bread. I'm like, man, that girl is really cute. Right. And I'm like, crap, what am I you're doing? not married. Right. No, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. you get distracted Those, and you're like, you do. that's not what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Right. This yeah. is sacred. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Cause yeah, that is, and that's so relatable. Not yeah. enough people admit stuff like that. I think that's awesome. <laughs> you know, that is mind wanders and, and yeah, but I think it's also really important not to get too hard on yourself. Um, but at the same time, um, ask the one thing that I've, I've kind of started doing in the last couple of years is, you know, asking in prayer, how do you see me? Hmm. Right. Like, how do you see me? Cause oftentimes there are some people that are way too hard on themselves and there are some people that are just way lax, you know? And so when people say, Oh, don't be too hard on yourself. Well, that may be the advice for some people, but for some people it may be, no, you got to get your crap together. You know, like I'm going to light a fire under your, you know, um, and so asking, sorry, sorry about that. Um, so asking, <laughs> asking, you know, how do you see me? Um, I want to see myself, how you see me. Um, so I can, so I can really highlight where, what things need to change, how I'm supposed to feel differently about myself. And, um, am I supposed to have more confidence in myself? Am I supposed to, um, am I supposed to, you know, really address some things? Am I supposed to feel more remorse than I'm feeling now? Right. Has been a really powerful thing as well. Yeah, man, that is really cool. I always get like one or two things from, from these interviews that I'm like, wow, I need to really apply that. So that's one of them from this one for me, for sure. It's like, ask God how he, how he sees you. Right. I think that could make a big difference in, in a lot of lives if we were to just do that. And then the other thing that you said that, that has really just stayed with me was when you were describing the savior, right? He's real. He's a living, breathing, speaking, walking, like he's a, he's a person. And sometimes we just think of him as this abstract spiritual friend but but really he's like just another person and and he loves us and we can have this connection with him so thank you yeah, for and, sharing that yeah and we that really is a radical belief in in christianity right yeah um and so oftentimes we i think we are misunderstood with what we mean by that um and we don't mean any disrespect like it, we have the utmost christ is deity right like he mm-hmm. is in every sense god um, but he, he's a, we're made after his image in, and we believe that that means, um, we, that means that he, you know, we will recognize him in, in his form of looking like us. Right. Um, and we know that we know, you know, what the physical character of God because of, because of what Joseph Smith saw. Right. And that's how we know that. Um, and, and I believe, I believe Joseph Smith's story is as much as I believe any piece of my testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm so grateful for that belief because it, I feel that it has allowed me to be closer, uh, closer to Christ and um, to just, because the more you understand even his physical nature, I think it's easier to feel closer, uh, closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. And this is not to say that anyone else is like, not like not accurate in their belief or not valid in their belief, but like 
it would be hard for me to, to feel a connection to just a spiritual abstract thing, right. That I call God, that'd just be hard for me. And so our belief, like you were saying that, that truth that's been restored, that Christ really is a person and also God that we're made in his images. It gives us this new ability to connect to him that we otherwise don't have. Yeah. And you know, if, if it all is said and done and it turns out that we're all wrong, you know, I'm open, you know, if you have real faith, there has to be an element of, Oh, I may be wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the power of faith. If, if faith becomes can, you know, confirmed knowledge, then there is no power of faith. Right. Right. Um, but I will say if it comes down to it and, and I am wrong about, you know, the, those core elements of my belief of the savior, I'll tell you what, I am being deceived in a big, big way because I, I am, uh, I have felt it so strongly that, that, but I, I will say this. Um, I also very much believe in, in the power of the devil and in, in the adversary is what we call. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that, um, that I, I've also, I've felt that, that evil power in my life and those influences. And I've felt that stark contrast. And I will say, I can say with a, a firm conviction that um, the devil does not like what's going on in this church. Um, he, there are people in this church um, when they wake up in the morning, he, he gets shivers um, because there's a power here um, that, that is, that can't be found anywhere else. So that's another part of my testimony. Wow. Oh. Man, awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, to close off then, I guess, is there is there any other advice if if you had to give like a another young adult, right? What what would you say with like education, with dating and marriage, with spiritual, with with everything? What what would you say? Mm, that's a great question. Um I would say I'd say just keep going keep going question every belief you have politically spiritually have an open mind and just really search for goodness and search just be constantly questioning we live in a we live in a really confusing time um politically religiously there's going to be things like you're going to find out stuff about church history that's going to be confusing and it's kind of like being slapped in the face you got to kind of let it settle and the pain the initial sting go away before you you know and and then you go address it and you go study it and um prayerfully make make decisions um make those decisions of uh, of and you know there's an element of choice in belief right um and i choose i choose to believe there is a god and and that choice has been confirmed through experience i feel confirmed experience but i had to make that initial choice and if you make that choice then you have a guide stick of how to make those decisions and where to where to find answers everywhere and i i mean politically i mean who to marry what career path to take i mean um if if you have that core belief and you believe that um if you if you believe in the character of god that he loves you and wants your happiness um, I think that's the first belief that that leads to leads to all happiness. 
Um, everything else will work itself out eventually. But if you choose to believe that, that God is not a vengeful God, he's not a, you know, he's he's not in this for just, you know, just showcasing his own glory. And that's also a radical belief that we have that's so different. Um, <laughs> we believe that his glory, we do believe that our, our core purpose here is to glorify God, right? But yeah. But we have that extra element of that belief that says God's glory comes from from our us fulfilling the measure of our creation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in that relationship, and so so I'd say just just keep going and, and choose choose to believe in a God that loves you. That's an easy choice. Don't worry about any of the other stuff. You know, if if you're having problems, um, but lean into the problems and and talk to people talk to people that have had the same problems um, and questions and um, if you ever want to talk through a sticky church history question reach out to me I've I'm not one I I think first feel second when it comes to my beliefs and so that has been a, a blessing and a curse but I've I've uh, waded through a lot of muck when it comes to um, you know different literature and things so if anyone ever wants to chat about the church or a member, non-member. I'm. I love those conversations. Awesome, man. Thank you. I think so I. Welcome. I don't think I can say anything else to to make this any better than it is. So we'll close it right there. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.